Welcome to Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy. And Alex Sokolow. Oh, and your voice is very coarse this morning. I am on the men from some kind of bronchial issue. Oh, and by the way, I went back on my antidepressant. Oh, wait, I mean, just since last week? Oh, I was having such a bad go of it. You're kidding? You had that much of a bottom? My girlfriend, Dana, is like, you're like a broken robot. You need to get <laughs> but back. But I, I could just call that Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So um, anyway. Anyway. But I, yeah, so I'm, I'm fighting something. I don't know what I'm fighting, but I'm properly medicated. So. Alec, we're all fighting something. Always. So our guests today are actually a really interesting kind of, um, you know, we threw together two people here who don't know each other. It's really fun. We have um, Aki Goldberg-Terwilliger. A lot of people know her from Aki's Kitchen, where she is in a lot of the farmer's markets. She was part of the food lab. She makes these incredible soups and other things. And we also have Southampton Village Mayor Jesse Warren, who's also, you know, a a shop owner and community member. They're both community members. They're both entrepreneurs. I mean... What yeah. do you have to? <laughs> no, what? well, I've never owned a store um, or or ever done anything in retail like that. So I'm I'm always interested in uh, when people make you know take the dive in that and kind of how that works and and what the uh, pitfalls are, what the secret game but, within the game. But don't you think it starts with passion and vision? I, obviously, because from everything I've ever heard, uh, when people, uh, you know, brick and mortar something, they basically have to be there to make it work. And so uh, you better be passionate about what you're doing. But, you know, in your case, you're not a brick and mortar person. I know. But, you know, the 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 films that you've done and the, the thing and the causes that you've championed, like like sex trafficking. I don't mean you cha- champion sex trafficking. Obviously, you're anti human trafficking. But those kind of things that you've done, I mean, you had to really believe in yourself to get the work done and yeah, to move well, passion, forward with it. Passion, I think, takes many forms. Uh, I know for me, uh, writing, screenwriting, is, is, it is construction, and it is trying to kind of invite people in to have some kind of emotion and emotive experience. But uh, I don't know if the passion is for anyone idea more than it's for the passion of of telling stories for me and you know some ideas just flow really uh naturally and some you kind of work and work and work uh and hopefully get there eventually but i i don't necessarily see the correlation uh just because again i you know you, you so many people like oh you should have a restaurant or you should open up a store and this and that and and everybody says those things at various points. Everybody dreams about that when they're in the rut or when they're in their commute or <laughs> whatever. And you should have an then end. to actually do it yeah. is like a whole different ball game. Well, I and get so, that. I mean, but that's what I, that's what I'm kind of, I guess that's what I'm aiming at more than even passion and vision is just like being able to believe in yourself because I mean, really when, you know, I mean, just my own experience starting a, starting a newspaper in right. a town that already had two, Grand Dames, the Southampton Press, East Hampton Press hadn't started yet, and the East Hampton Star, and Jim Mackin and Lee Minitri and, and Jody Delfamina and I said, 
we want to start a new paper. That's Jody. Jerry didn't come on for a few years after that. Or or a children's museum. I remember talking in front of Tony Bullock. This is like in 1991 about starting a children's museum out here. And no one on the board knew what I was talking about. They were like, what, do you mean like a, a drop-off center? I was like, no, no, it's a museum. It's got like hands-on things for kids. And I really want, and Simi's here. Here's Simi. I, I co-founded Simi. It's a, you know, so I think a lot of the times, and this is what we're going to bring Aki and Jesse in to talk about, is you really have to like not have any negative thoughts about this isn't going to work when you're moving forward. You really have to be your own best cheerleader and get it having the end up. And I mean, I had no experience. I had no experience with, I think Jesse and I were talking about this we, when we met at Golden Pear yesterday just by chance. I mean, I had no experience with a newspaper except being a proofreader. I had no experience with the Children's Museum and I only just helped, found, I mean, there were many, many other people involved in that you know, and I had absolutely no experience in the innkeeping business. I was brought up in the restaurant business, but you know, I did not have an active hand in that. And, you know, and they were all really successful. So what is it that makes, maybe that's what I'm getting at. What is it that makes someone successful in what they do? Because, you know, inns, uh, uh, restaurants, right. shops I mean, go toes up every that's day. That's interesting because passion, but also fitting a niche where, you know, you are providing something, even if there are others, you're providing something that's a, that's a new corridor for people to walk in and, and have an experience. I'm also, though, and, and I'll say this, though, like, I, you know, our country is, is, you know, built on Main Street. Like, our country's built on uh, merchants. And, and And so I also think that there's something amazing to be able to talk to, you know, two people who have kind of, like, uh, been able to uh, navigate what that's like, you know, and Jesse, I mean, one of them, I mean, he, I don't, he then has taken it to the next place, which is uh, to, to have a voice in the, in the community and, and, and in politics, um, which uh, is such, such, such a natural extension as I think it's about it. It's kind of like being the best waiter in the town, in, in the village of, of Southampton, because you're going to get people who love you and shake your hand. You're going to get people who want to tell you, like, yeah, the, but, but the I, steak is overdone. No, you but, know, but, but, I, but I, I look at it, at least in my mind, it's like, you know what is good for the town, because you're part of the conversation. Right. And so what's another way to kind of have influence is to actually then be part of, like, all right, well, how do we help manage this town and, and give, you know, create a place that not only will be a good lifestyle for people that live there, but but will be pro-business and, and allow people to monetize their dreams. Well, we're also talking about people who have also changed direction in their lives. So that's, we've got a lot to unpack here today. And I hate using that word unpack. That is such like a 2017 word, but we are. We're, so we're, we're going to take a little break. We're going to um, bring our guests on. Uh, Jesse Warren, mayor of the village of Southampton and Aki Goldberg Terwilliger. Can you just, can I just call you like AT or something like that? Anyway, and uh, we're going to take them, uh, bring them on after this break. You're listening Listening to Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy and Alex Sokolow. And we're coming to you from the Bridgehampton Inn. You're listening to us on 88.3 WPPB, Long Island's only NPR station. You can also listen to us online at 88.3 WPPB.org. We'll be right back. Yeah. 
Okay, so we're back. Sunday's on the East End with Bridget Leroy. Alex. We want to hurry up and get our guests on because we were just are talking so much during the break. So we have uh, Mayor Jesse Warren from Southampton Village. Hi, hi, Jesse. How are you? <laughs> Thanks for coming on. Don't make me think about that. My pleasure. Brian Cosgrove always says that. He's like, don't make me think about how I am. It's, I'm like, whoa, whoa. Okay, it's okay. And we have Aki Terwilliger uh, from Aki's Kitchen. How are you, Aki? I'm good. I'm happy to be here. I'm so happy. So you, you two are, you've never met, but uh, and I've only just recently met both of you and Alec has never met you so we've got like lots and lots to talk about you know Jesse why don't don't you start off talking about um, you know and Aki jump in if you want like about the passion that drove you to like was your was your family in retail my family was not in retail Okay. Um, I actually come from a family where I have a father uh, who is an attorney who specifically practices family law, and he's very focused on adoptions and making sure that children are in the right homes. And my mother uh, was a longtime uh, school psychologist, uh, New York City public school teacher, and uh, a professor at uh, Long Island University. Uh, so when I got into uh, this business, uh, my family was very surprised. And, they and, and, what, and what was the germ of your passion? Like what, how, you started what? in finance, right? That's right. Um, I started my business because one summer, uh, as a hobby, um, after working for uh, four years uh, in finance, uh, I decided to open up a cool men's lifestyle store. And what turned out to be a hobby uh, soon became my career and my life. Wow. Uh, and, and, and again, for everybody out there, the, the name of the store is? So I own a store called Tenet. We have two stores Tenet. in Southampton and T-E-N-E-T. one in East Hampton. It's a great store. And, and, and uh, what, what's, what was the genesis of the name? Tenet. Well, it just means a belief or principle. And okay. so that is uh, congruent with kind of the way I live my life. Uh, mm-hmm. We have a belief or principle, and that's kind of uh, how we stay focused. But the irony is that I didn't think I was going to last very long, so I thought the name Tenant would be better. Like <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. And 10 years later, here I am. Now, right. Aki, uh, and where, where, do you, um, where do you work out of? Do you so, work out of an incubator? Uh, yes, I cook out of uh, the East End, um, East End uh, Food Institute, uh, the kitchen here at the Stony Brook. It's on the Stony Brook campus. Oh, on Stony Brook Southampton uh, campus. Yes. And, um, and you do most of your sales through farmer's markets, so you don't right really now, have walls. No. See what I'm doing here? See what I'm doing? Right now, I don't, but I, um, I actually... Um, I'm gonna be with uh, the Goodale Home Delivery uh, Service. Something that oh, it, it, how it great. literally it literally just happened like a few days ago. Oh, how well, great! Uh, wait, 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 extrapolate on that. So, so uh, Goodale Farms, which is uh, in Akabog, uh, mm-hmm. um, they started a home delivery service. So they have some of their product. They have unbelievable cheeses and dairy products. They also have meat, vegetables. Um, and they just added me. I'm like an add-on, um, and it's just starting uh, the deliveries this uh, Monday. And That's so amazing. I'm, I'm, ex- I'm extremely excited. I'm, I'm so excited. <laughs> Good Ale Farms is the one that, like, when you first get out of, like, when you're going down toward the wine country down 25, you baby see all goats. the little goats, all mm-hmm. the little baby goats. Okay. It says it's doesn't it say like got baby goats or it has some sign like that or got goat milk or and I always stop and pet the goats. They are so cute. They have so very good products. But that's, that's that's amazing. So you work in a place with no walls. And now, Jesse, you kind of work in a place with no walls. I mean, you have Village Hall, but you are almost never there, right? I am always out in the field. I'm talking <laughs> to residents and to voters. Uh, I'm out at events. Uh, right. right. So, so, so you, you open Tenet and, and it, it takes over Shopping. your, your, yes. your Shopping. 
t you know your energy your life you, you 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 put this like you know anchor down what was the leap into wanting to become mayor so I was never interested in politics um, in fact uh, I actually always thought that you know, we looked at our elected officials, and like many uh, Americans, you'd get frustrated. Uh, and so uh, one day, um, you know, especially after this most recent election where, um, you know, we had a, a movement of change, uh, I just decided that I wanted to take my own action and do something. And so I started learning how to get involved. And what happened was that... How did you learn? Like, is there a website that says how to be a politician? Like, can you, like, <laughs> Google that? <laughs> Not that I need more work. I'm just like, whenever I hear something like that, I'm like, yeah, I want to do that. Well, we were speaking about entrepreneurship. And for me, it was that same entrepreneurial mindset where I had to figure things out, dig in, and figure out how, how do I do this? And right. so I walked into the And, and, and why, uh, why mayor? Well, this goes back two years. Okay. Um, I walked into Village Hall in 2017 and I said, I want to do something. I want to run for office. And I wanted to run just to get my foot in the door uh, for village trustee. It's one of the members of our board. Sure, sure. To which at the time, the village clerk told, said, sorry, it's too late. Um, petitions already due. You can't do it this year. And I said, yes, I can. Yeah, that's right. You did the write-in. You that's did a write-in. Right. So and you I, got lots and lots and lots of votes. That's right. So knowing nothing, <laughs> I decided to jump in. I went door to door. I met residents. And I convinced uh, many residents to write my name in for the position despite not being on the ballot. Okay. No, no. If people are like not... Um, can't see Jesse or don't know him, you are clearly the youngest person at this table. That's right. <laughs> You're I mean, under 40. That's correct. Okay, yes. so now, I mean, this is something really interesting. So you were you were taking a chance on this, you know, in your mid-30s. How, how, many, how many voters are in the village? Well, there's about 35, approximately, uh, 3,500, 35, 35, well, <laughs> we've had some low turnout elections, but there's about 3,500 registered voters in the okay. village. Right, and so you become a trustee. I didn't become a trustee. No, no. Oh. I got 151 write-in votes okay. that that uh, that year, but really, when you looked at the um, the numbers, uh, the the gentleman who won mayor at the time got under 500 votes, and so people were saying, "Okay, that this guy, close, yeah. you know, got 151 people to show up and write his name in, that's and enough. and that's uh, that's a good chunk of yeah. what what some other candidates got." Yeah. But that's what got me in the door. That's how I started learning the whole process. But it wasn't easy, and it was because I took that chance and and built a a really good following of people who kind of said, "Wow, we like." this guy he's decided to take a chance to help the community and that that got the ball rolling something just like dawned on me which is retail and you said that uh, you've been in retail for a long time I think everyone that wants to start something or I don't even know how to put this like everyone should have some sort of a retail experience because I feel that retail really puts you in a position of getting to know a lot of different people, no matter what product you sell, if it's clothes or food. Because you or, started with jewelry, not food. Yeah, and we also had, we had a wholesale operation and retail, and I've done a lot of retail uh, as well. I feel it's an amazing way of learning how, how to behave, how to put yourself aside and actually put your aim, ego, put your ego put aside. Put your ego aside, it's not about you, it's about, the first thing is about listening, you have to be a good listener in, in anything that you want to do and succeed is by listening first and not talking. And retail is one of those outlets. If you listen to what the customer says, okay, it allows you to, you know, to change, to grow, to, it actually, it makes the sale. It's by listening. So I would think that going from retail to mayor is maybe not such an extreme thing because you've been, 
listening, you've been hearing to what people tell you, they come in the store, they complain about the sidewalk, they don't like this, they don't like the color, they, it's a million things, the parking, the laws, they, they talk. Mm-hmm. And so maybe this is, you know, it's, it's a platform. That's right. In order to be successful in any business, but especially retail, you have to listen to the customer. And so as mayor, I consider myself also to be in a customer service business yep. where we need to do whatever the customer wants or whatever the customer needs. It's customer service. That's exactly. what it comes down well, to. Well, it's the same thing with it, the restaurant yeah. business. I mean, this, totally. you, know, you, you know, and then, of course, you also have to take into account that some of the people you are just never going to please. Totally. They're going to come. I mean, it, that was the hardest thing as an innkeeper for me to realize was that there were, because I want everybody to just love me like so much, you know, and then to the, realize yeah. there were just people who were going to come in and they were unhappy people and they were going to complain about everything and it wasn't about me and it wasn't about my product it was just them and all I had to do was smile and apologize and maybe give them a discount and and hope that they change their their soup personally (laughs) I don't belong in retail Pete and my soup okay well let's get let's get to soup (laughs) let's talk about Aki's soup soup. oh my god what an amazing segue bravo bravo (laughs) soup brings people together food brings people together so it's all um, about community for you too it's, it it is i'm i think i'm a people's person um even though i like to spend time on my own and and but at the end of the day i think it's about bringing people together yeah and in a pleasant way i think food is a is a fun way i think most food's people the best right. way to well and, almost, and, and, how, food is my you, second uh, be, favorite way of bringing people we, together we got on the air you I talked a little fine. bit about your journey how did you end up in eastern long island <laughs> Because of the first, I guess, orange tomato. <laughs> the first orange tomato? The first orange pear-shaped tomato I ate when I was 10. <laughs> okay. And, and you were like, damn, that, I want to come back and eat I, more of those. I literally, I was like, damn, this is the best thing I've ever had. It was like the sweetest little thing. It was... Uh, you're from Belgium. When we, yes. So I'm originally... And you brought from, us these Belgian chocolates. And I brought the chocolates. But I moved from Connecticut about... It's going to be three years ago now in November. Um, we had an opportunity to move from Connecticut, and I wanted to come back to New York. Um, New York has always been my home and my heart. Yeah. And I already had an idea, soups, and so. Um, and, and and what's your inspiration for your recipes and stuff? Is it something that comes from family, or is it something that? It's both. It's uh, a craving um, of how my mom made food mm-hmm. uh, your stuff very, is very natural and very low she like cooked very natural local. my mom is probably the woman who owned the least spices on the planet like the cami like you know like nowadays we have like a million different varieties it's like you have a t-shirt in every color because it should match this or that it's not how i grew up it was really about a good you know, beautiful vegetables, good vegetables, good so, meat, so you, good you, fish. Eat a, you eat a nice cherry tomato. And Orange pear tomato. Orange pear shape. Get it right. Orange Get it right, damn it. Tomato. It was and, very specific, and, something and then, that didn't exist that, where that it came from. That somehow brings you to the tri-state area. Somehow. Somehow. <laughs> and um, I had a vision as a kid that I wanted to move to the U.S. Yeah. And, um, and I made it happen. It didn't happen the way... I had planned it, but somehow, uh, because of my father owning a business on the West Coast, I what, wanted to... What business did your father own? Um, he had a uh, diamond and jewelry business. Oh, is that how, that's how you got into yes. jewelry? Yes, yes. And were you a designer? 
Uh, no, I was not a designer. I mean, I helped create certain things, but uh, my job was... Uh, you know what? I, I just realized, I'm sorry to interrupt, yeah. but you know, I'm looking, we're in the Bridgehampton Inn, and I'm looking at the um, the cookbooks that are on display here in yes. the dining room, and that's, of course, Anna Pump, who the owner of this is Sibylla Van Kempen, who was, you know, Anna's daughter, and Anna, Anna unfortunately died uh, on the street out here um, several years back in an accident and it was horrible and uh, my mother is the co-author if you get really close and squint you can see my mom's name is on those books so I'm just I mean what you were just saying about moms is like your mom taught you Anna taught Sibylla my mom wrote I'm a writer I think a lot of things come come from home although my mother didn't like cooking at all my grandmother adored it Mm -hmm. Uh, my mother didn't but somehow I think my mother's cooking was exquisite Mm. Um, but it was simple. But how do you take something that you're interested in, like like what what Jesse's done, where he's like oh, gone like as far as you can go, kind of <laughs> like in the community service. Like now you are a public servant, basically, right? So are, are you a public servant? That's exactly yeah. what. I mean. <laughs> right. And and, yeah. and like you yeah. taking your love of food and community and creating a business what? out of that. You know, I like want to share. Of you. Like for me, it's like like the real. Besides being able to build, like the vision is to build a real soup line and and turn it into a real a real business, the other side of it is to be able to share something that you know that I enjoyed that I grew up with, and to share with maybe people that actually did not have that or like children, like we all grow up eating differently. I feel that children nowadays they still they fight vegetables. I don't know why. You eat with your eyes, so if there's a way of making it fun and presenting it, and especially knowing where it comes from or when they ask questions, and if you get involved with it, then I think it would help, you know, people to to eat better or enjoy it differently. And there's still a part of me that would like to do something which has to do with kids, not kids in the private schools that already have everything set up, but more kids that do not have a possibility or like. You get to hear on the news, like, how is it possible that a kid does not get their lunch because somebody didn't pay or the parents mm-hmm. didn't pay their, their lunch fee? It's 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 terrible. I, I It's it's a terrible thing what to you, hear such a thing. What do you think about that, Jesse? I mean, you look like you're listening very carefully. I think that's a real problem because there's a number of uh, students that go to school every day, uh, okay. and there's a lot of people that just don't have... Um, not just the the money to go have a proper lunch, but there's it's very important to obviously have a healthy lunch. And obviously, uh, in two, 2019, with the prices of everything going up, um, healthy, organic things that you should be eating are prohibitively expensive. Yeah. And so, uh, if you're a working family or working mom, you're in a situation where sometimes your the choice is: do you eat? Or do you not? Not whether you're getting something healthy or organic or something that's going to help a, a young person. So um, I think it's really important to obviously get um, the right food, not just food, uh, into uh, into the schools and uh, through uh, you know through either donations, through awareness, uh, and also through um, just you know. And the edible gardens program is right. so good out here. And I still don't know why good food needs to be so expensive, or why clean yeah. food needs to be so expensive. Well, I mean, I know that when I moved back here, you know, on my hands and knees in 2010, the very beginning of 2010, my kids were on the Free and Reduced Lunch program for the first three or four months that we were back because we had a complete bankruptcy. We lost our home, our cars, our, every single penny we had. And 
Um, and we've worked our way back from there. But uh, I remember, I mean, and I, I think I probably told this story on the air, the first day, I mean, I had to choose between food and gas. I, I, and, um, and the first day I was able to fill up my gas tank in my car, I burst into tears because it had been years since I had been able to do that. So I'm so grateful. That makes so me grateful. cry. So grateful <laughs> every day. So incredibly grateful. Anyway, it's... good place to take a break, kiddo? Sure. <laughs> Chocolate? <laughs> yes, know, chocolate, I, coffee, maybe? Going. Or Alec is just sitting here like very, very. <laughs> I know you're getting over an illness. I don't mean to tease you. You know I love you. Uh, you're listening to Sundays on the East End with Alex Sokolow. And Bridget Lurie. I had to throw him a curveball to get his brain working again. <laughs> We're here with Mayor Jesse Warren from Southampton Village and Aki's Kitchens, Aki Goldberg Terwilliger, and our producer Kyle Lynch. You're listening to us on 88.3 WPPB, Long Island's only NPR station, and we'll be right back. On Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy. And Alex Sackler. By uh, the way. Yes, what? Um, if you don't, if you haven't done it, you got to turn the clock back. This weekend, we fall yeah. back. And so, uh, you know, we air on Sunday morning. So uh, just everybody out there, remember. If you don't, if you don't have an electronic device, if you actually still wear a watch that needs to be wound, or if you, for example, have a grandfather clock or perhaps Stonehenge, yes, you need to move one of the rocks back. Is that what you're saying? I'm just saying it's just another thing. It's just another thing. I just wish we wouldn't have to do that anymore. I know it's so weird. It's It's so weird. It's depressing. Yeah, several states don't do it, um, and. You know all this stuff, Sock. wasn't wasn't it originally wasn't it originally done for like farm families to be able to work later or something, something you know, like I've, that? I've That's actually what read, my husband told I've, me last I've, night. You know, but I've I've read different things, including uh, that it, uh, it might have been done uh, originally during World War One by the Brits, and that it was adopted over here. Really? Um, yeah. But no, it has to no, do. With no, I, but it's like there's like a million stories for it. Who knows why? I it's thought just, it was for the. I think we should change farm. the clocks every week, personally. And to we should whatever. all be always a little confused. I think it confused should just always can it just always be like two thirty, like time to go to the dentist. Two thirty, <laughs> but can it just always be two thirty? Two thirty is like a really good time for me. Two thirty is too all close day. to three o'clock when everybody hours. gets really tired. No, three o'clock they get tired. Two thirty is when you're like, woo, and then three o'clock you're like, oh. Three o'clock so is always anyway. the downer. Anyway, so we're back with Jesse Warren, mayor of the village of Southampton, and Aki Goldberg Terwilliger of Aki's Kitchens, and and you guys have questions for each other, so we're just gonna like sit back. Jesse, take it, take the mic. Thank you, I appreciate it. Um, I'm gonna temporarily moonlight as the host here <laughs> because I've got some questions for Aki, and those questions are. What is your favorite soup? Because it is soup season right now. Yes. And oh, how yeah. do you make it and what ingredients are in it? So, difficult question uh, because I have, uh, maybe not. Favorite soup is probably um, a chicken soup. 
Mm. But I, my chicken soup has a twist. It is, uh, it has just a little bit of chicken, and it has a lot of different meats and bones uh, in there from different animals that yes, aren't chickens. so oh. it it, uh, it has some, it has oxtail. It has uh, um, a, a veal shank. It has marrow bones. It has uh, everything that is not vegetarian. Uh, so it creates a <laughs> well, different chick- broth as opposed to chicken. <laughs> Yeah, but so because your soups are vegetarian. <laughs> My soups are mainly vegetarian. Um, they're ninety five percent vegetarian um, and vegan. But that is really my my favorite uh, soup. I love broth. Um, and how do I make it? It's a uh, it's a very long process actually. It's um, it takes quite a few hours for the meat to to cook. Uh, at certain moments, it's a slow cooking. Um, to add the vegetables, I add a specific variety of vegetables that go in there. Um, and what's your philosophy on turnips? Turnips? <laughs> or, I eat parsnips them or parsnips? So I loved all nips. I, um, parsnip can go in that soup. Yeah. I think it's actually very yummy. Um, I'm a big fan of celery root. Um, it's that would literally kill my husband. If I want my husband to be killed, I will come to you because he's so allergic to celery root. Well, whenever the time is good. <laughs> whenever the, hey, when the time's right, I'll let you know. I'll, I'll hit you up. I, I, but my mom, every, staple in the house. every year at Thanksgiving, my mom, you came to my house for Thanksgiving all the time. It, my mom would make something called Nip Whip. Literally, and it was turnips and parsnips. I like turnips. I like all raw vegetables, basically. I like yeah. them better raw than, than cooked. But How did you get involved with the uh, food lab? With the food lab, Kate Fulham from the East End Food Institute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I definitely owe this beautiful woman a huge thank you. Uh, from the first day that I stepped foot uh, at the incubator kitchen, um, she it's not just me. I think she really uh, helps out a lot of new entrepreneurs or anything that passes through the kitchen, mm-hmm. as well as I think she does a lot for farmers as well. Um, she she just got me connected. She works together with the food lab, and she suggested that I, you know, she suggested me like. Uh, mm-hmm. to use and, and what was the process food. of being accepted? I think she just asked me if I was willing to participate. I participated with the breakfast and then part of the luncheon, and of course I said yes. I thought it was an amazing opportunity for me to, you know, to to expose myself. Um, on a bigger scale, you know. And I'm so. curious, Jesse, do you ever go to the, I know, are you in the Southampton Farmer's Market on Sundays? No. I mean, no. I know it's not on oh, anymore. Oh, we should do talk about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, because what things th- have changed in that, 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 mar- I, well, no, I, 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 wait, wait, let's talk <laughs> about no, it. No, also, but I did, I did hear Jesse on Gianna <laughs> Volpe's show yesterday morning talking about the possible, I mean, not talking about, she was talking about the possibility of maybe having an indoor farmer's market, maybe not this year, but but going forward, because Riverhead does that. And well, it's something that's where definitely, we met. yes, that uh, so let's we like, should talk about. Poor Jesse. Go ahead, get a word in. It's fine. I'm, <laughs> I'm here to listen. That's Like I said, that's the job. But yes, we should have an indoor food market, an indoor uh, farmer's market. Uh, one of the things I like to do in the village of Southampton is to bring in uh, more markets. Now, we obviously need to upgrade our wastewater. Um, yeah. Because yes. in the village of Southampton, if you don't have a pre-existing 
uh, wastewater Not, treatment, right. which is old. Uh, you can't open any restaurant, any activity, any experience that requires wastewater. So we are working right now uh, to put on in some cluster systems, which are these mini sewer systems, which we can engineer to put underneath parking lots. And then in turn, we can encourage new businesses to open up. Right, I was going to say, if, if, if someone's like thinking, oh my God, they're going to talk about sewer, I'm turning the channel. I mean, this is the crux of what's happening uh, on why this East Hampton and Southampton are becoming uh, grayer, rather, like because the young people are leaving because there's not a lot to do or there's no opportunity to to open not a, I mean I don't mean to make it sound like that because I love it out here but there's no uh, not as many opportunities to have restaurants or other places that need wet space what they call wet space yes that's right okay. so I would love for example to see Aki in Southampton making soup on the spot um, and in turn we're gonna need some more wet use so right. ultimately to attract entrepreneurs like Aki to the village of Southampton we're gonna need to upgrade our septic and upgrade our wet use and work with Suffolk County and the DEC so how involved are you on in this or is this a, a Jay Schneiderman thing no this is this is a Southampton village thing it's a town thing yeah. and it's a Suffolk County thing so this is every uh, layer and level of government Bridget this is Steve, a priority. everybody everybody's in on it uh, this is a top priority All right, and so like when you when you took the office, uh, you know, became mayor, were your expectations to be getting into the minutia of these kind of things, or was it something that, like, you kind of uh, have learned on the job? It's a combination of both. It's a combination of doing research in advance, but actually more so learning on the job. Yeah. Um, every day there's another uh, new lesson to be learned, and being an entrepreneur, you have to take it, grapple with it, and do the best you can. So what do you think is, you have another year and a half, say, before you get reelected, of course, but during that year and a half, what, what do you want people to remember you for, for doing in this two-year period? What is the biggest single thing for you? Like why you took the position? Well, there's, there's some big things and there's some small things. Okay. Uh, for me, I'm also very passionate about the environment and clean water. And so within the first 100 days, uh, we had the governor and the Department of Environmental Conservation, the DEC, mm -hmm. come down and test out a pilot program that has never been used in New York State to clean and hydrovac and skim the toxic algae off of Lake Agawam. Oh, right, wow. but you also started a, a new, not, not you necessarily, but the Lake uh, Agawam Conservancy Group, right? Because there's a new group that kind of oversees that. And now you have one of those little things like, like the, you know when you have a swimming pool and you have like the little robot in there that sucks everything up and it's got a tube? You guys have like that in Lake Agawam. We had that. We had mobile trucks come in and skim this toxic algae off our lake, process it on site, and then return clean water back into the lake and then take that toxic algae, create a biomass, and that could be treated and used for fuel. It could be used for fertilizer. It could be used for really? any type of uh, nitrogen-based energy product. That's amazing. That's that is so super cool. The water is really a problem um, around here. I'm like very nervous like where I live even we like, have, with the, the water. Well, we've had many, many shows. We've had Kevin McAllister on. We've had uh, um, Bob DeLuca and Bridget Fleming and many other people. and. We should have Christopher Gobler on as well, since he's an East Quag but, fellow. But I, like, I'm, I'm going back to this idea of the infrastructure, though. Like, so, so you're having this daily conversation on how to create better infrastructure. That seems to be both like primary, but also like potentially mind-boggling, aggravating. Is it? It is both. <laughs> yeah. it, it is both because at the same time, it's absolutely necessary. Uh, but on the flip side, uh, it uh, has so much level of detail, and there's some layers of, of government, and there, the other issue is that 
it needs constant communication, which is what we have to do and which is what we're hired to do with every stakeholder involved. That's the residents, it's the business owners, it's the merchant um, that, that will all affect. And we have to listen to how it's going to affect each individual. And how do you pay for that? Well, we really want to pay for it through grant funding. Now, there's also um, village money, but we really want to be careful about our, our spending of taxpayer money. So there's so many grants available through the town, through the CPF. Mm -hmm. There's uh, grants available through the state, through the DEC. Suffolk County has grant money. So we want to be very aggressive in getting these grant money, this grant money because we're a small village and mm -hmm. we have a $31 million budget. But that $31 million, we have uses for, the, for that of money. Of course. Yeah. Of course. That's amazing. I feel like um, Southampton needs like to be revived um, a little bit, like the whole retail. I mean, so many empty spaces. I know it's been like it's like been discussed. Well, it's 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 a it's an ongoing issue um, with with East Hampton Village and Southampton Village. Although Southampton does uh, have more, um, I think, more merchants and more uh, kind of choice right now, but I know that that's a big issue right now in East Hampton is the amount of, because I mean, listen, if I was a landlord and I had an empty storefront and some big, you know, fancy jeans company or whatever came and said, hey, I'll give you $30,000 for two months. I just want to be there July and August. How could you say no? You've got your own bills to pay. So, so yeah. it's like the pop-up is kind of killing Main Street and we really need to figure out how, I'm not saying that the landlords are greedy. I would do it too. How do we, gosh, how do we make that into something it's really, you know, and I of course there's, hard, then there's Amazon, you know I mean? So there's so many, it's how do you appeal yeah. to the local people? How do you keep the rents reasonable? How do you fight the, the things that now you can get like overnight? I just, but you see, I just feel it like so many spaces are empty and they've been empty for such a long time, which like makes me feel that like maybe the landlord doesn't really need the money or is waiting for something very specific to come in. Why not use that space in the meantime and help small small entrepreneurs, which you have like farmers plenty of mm. in the area, and a lot of like lo local people. Uh, they would love, like myself, I would love to have a little bit of a storefront, even if mm. it's I don't know from Thursday through Monday, or it could be seven days a week, could be anything. It's not just myself. I have a few other people that I work with that would love to have a little bit of a different exposure. Right, um, but. Like some rent money is better than no rent money at but all. A lot of the 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 rent is just so unaffordable, and like what I'm trying to say is that like it's empty, it's there, it's not pleasant for whoever drives through town and mm. sees the empty spot. It's not pretty. You can you know it doesn't matter. It's it's I, not. I, I hate yeah. to sound so like unaware of this, but I did not know that was a big issue in the, in the village of Southampton. I. I, I feel that there's so many empty spaces and more than ever. And then I feel that quite a few restaurants have, have closed and have been here for a very long time. Yeah. Or as far as even that, that like I Silvers, remember. Yeah. Like Silvers, I mean, it's mm -hmm. almost a hundred year establishment, you know, that may be for different reasons. But even like uh, Little Red, that yeah, used to be the only place when I moved out here. Oh, but that's now the tackle box, isn't it? I mean, so something else moved in there. But it was there like for, for for so long. It was literally the only place you could have a Moufrit. a meat yeah. or yeah, you know, <laughs> the steak oh, the Charlotte. or Go something. On. But in the middle of the week in January or February, you still have this thing here, you know, where things really slow down tremendously and are closed for you know month, uh, uh, January to March or February to April. 
And when you move here and you become a local, you still want to have places that you can go to at any Well, it also moment. draws the tourism in, is having more places for people to go and so visit is there, and is there, I mean, Jesse, like, is there a philosophy that you might have to address these things? Or is it, or is it again, you've got so many balls up in the air that you're, you know... We have to address everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, from a philosophical standpoint, a though, yeah. right. uh, we need a combination of, of, a, of a couple things. First, we need the wastewater treatment. But right. even more importantly, we need more families. Um, we have this. We have an I- issue where there's an exodus of, of families, especially young families, leaving Southampton and going to other places. So we've got to figure out how we're bringing families back to Southampton and year-round people back to Southampton. And we're going to have to look at our zoning. We're going to have to address our housing because if we don't have families, we don't have anything. Right. That's the, the crux and the, the most important aspect of our community. Um, we'll always have uh, second homeowners, and we love having them come out for the summer. Of course. But we need year-round families. And so we have to figure out how to bring them in. We have a great school district. We have low taxes. But we have to get the ability for people to move out here for housing. Make me that an they can offer. Afford. I'm in Brookhaven where the taxes are not so low. Make me an offer, Jesse, and I'll move back to Southampton. Okay, we'll do that off air. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, all right. But, uh, and and how, yeah, how do you attract young families? You know, how, how like, is there... Is there a, well, they have a, a way of, system. you know, like, well, how do you do that? Well, I think it comes down to housing. And this is a much broader conversation say, yeah. and probably for a different show. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Because this we can go all day. But really having the right housing and zoning, uh, that's key for attracting families. If you build it, they will come. Uh, but we need to start figuring out how we're going to do it and how we're going to work uh, both with the public and private sector to do it. And the, and, and the NIMBYs, you know, the people who want things to stay, you know, the status quo and they don't really want families. There are people who don't want families moving in or not the type of families that aren't their type of families. And, you know, we need to be accessible to all. Everybody has money. Everybody, you know, deserves the, the right to walk down a wonderful Main Street and and, and enjoy everything that Southampton and the, that the East End has to offer. And, you know, we're, we're not alone. The North Fork is going through this, too. I mean, the same thing. There's there's more businesses. The, the wineries have grown. They have more workers. The workers have to commute down to North Fork. I mean, so they they have uh, affordable housing now in, in what's being built in Greenport. Um and and I know that he, that Jay has taken the initiative, you know, to to build uh, the the place just opened in on um, Sandy Hollow, and the other place. Um, I, so I know that there's and Spionk. I know that there's been like real efforts to to do it. But as everyone always says, yeah, okay, so that's thirty nine new units. Like, <laughs> what about the you know you need like four thousand or something like that to really bring it back to being a thriving community where people can afford to live there. Probably, I don't look at this as blaming one group or another oh, no, me or, or any number of units. It's not about the number of units. It's about creating an environment that would attract uh, families or, or, or groups of people to come to the village. So uh, I have a little different perspective. Yeah. On, no, I mean, on, and I see that. that too. I mean, like I see like the Southampton Arts Center. I think is just a you know, and I'm not dissing any other arts centers or any of the. I'm a huge fan of all of them and, and a patron and, and benefactor of all of them. But the Southampton Arts Center has really done a lot of like like having the Mickey Paris Givas thing right now. Really, almost like ch- child friendly. And the, before that, they did the um, photo arc. So it was really like family oriented, really great stuff. And and I love that they call themselves a center and not a museum because a museum can be sound a little stuffy. And it's this great thing with programs all the time. So I think that's one of those things that really brings families back. 
That's right. So a couple good things are going on. So we are working with the Art Center to uh, renew and update their lease so they can bring, begin their capital campaign. Great. I've seen their mood board as far as what the theater should look like and what the seating should look like. And we really want to turn this into one of the most premier you know, art centers in the Hamptons. And we also have some kind of secret projects that we're doing. <laughs> um, I was speaking with Simone Levinson, who's done an outstanding job uh, as chairperson of the Art Center. And we were thinking about, well, can we do some ice skating maybe next winter? Oh, this yeah. winter we don't have enough time, but we'd love to have a really cool you know, uh, that, mini that mini that ice is, skating rink. Is, you know, I did that. When I was up in New Hampshire, I had a half an acre next to me, and I got just one of those like blow-up ice rinks. There had never been an ice rink right there. And and uh, and filled it up, and, and we had ice skating right outside the inn while people had their dinner, and we lit it. Just I mean, it was like, actually pretty idea. simple. What a great idea, ice skating again. Exactly. You have the, the string lights. You have your hot chocolate. Oh, my God. You have God. a few... Uh, menu items and it is a hangout spot. Maybe some soup. Maybe and some, some soup. Oh, some, we some hockey soup. <laughs> yeah, now we all. I'm in. It. I'm totally in. You, I think you have, um, you have done well, my friend. You know, like how you have a Christmas market like uh, in Europe, um, yeah. which lasts like usually four months or even uh, longer. You do have the beautiful park in uh, in Southampton. Southampton is such a beautiful location. Um, you, it's so easy to walk around. Um, there should be something that is more permanent. Well, I love hearing yeah. the ideas. They're so great. Um, and in an outdoor winter market, uh, you know, the smell of chestnuts, the smell of warm soup, the, the hot cocoa, like all of that is it's it's something I think that brings families. It does. It, it immediately conjures up wonderful memories of childhood for everybody. The lights, the, the yeah. It's it's the whole it's thing. Magical, and you got it's magical, and that's what it's all about. Well, let's take our last break. Uh, you're listening to Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy and Alex Sokolow. And you're coming. <laughs> we're coming to you from the Bridgehampton Inn on WPPB eighty-eight point three FM, Long Island's only NPR station. You can also listen online at eighty-eight three WPPB.org. And we will be right back. In January it's so nice While slipping on the sliding ice Just sip hot chicken soup with rice Sipping once, sipping twice Sipping chicken soup with rice In February it will be My snowman's anniversary With cake for him and soup for me Chicken soup with rice. We're back, Sundays on the East End. Uh, Bridget Leroy here. Alex Ocala oh, is somewhere. Alex Ocala. There he is. And uh, we, we've had a really amazing time talking with um, Mayor Jesse Warren from Southampton Village and Aki Goldberg Terwilliger from Aki's Kitchen, specializing in soups and everything, and the bringer of fine chocolates for our breakfast. What's your crouton philosophy? <laughs> How do you feel about oyster crackers? That's what I really want to know. Uh, oyster crackers a fan favorite of my husband, not mine. Yeah. Um, but uh, croutons, croutons are good. <laughs> yeah. I grew up with like miniature croutons, uh, different type of uh, uh, of crouton, but uh, croutons are good. Homemade so, though. What? How do we want to? How do we want to wind this show down? I mean, what, what what's on everybody's mind? I mean, we're coming into, we are coming into winter. Nobody really wants to talk about that, but. Um, and what about you, Aki? What are you planning for the winter? Are you coming up with some new soup 
soups well, for starting, to warm the tum tums. Um, yes, there's there's a few new soups for the winter. We're starting the um, the Riverhead Farmers Market um, starts November thirtieth. After Thanksgiving. After Thanksgiving, oh. uh, I'll still be at the West Hampton uh, Beach Farmers Market through the twenty third. Mm-hmm. I guess rain or shine, um, and then we start uh, the Saturday after. Uh, Thanksgiving are you doing like, in are Riverhead. You, are you doing like squash and yes, pumpkin definitely. and broccoli uh, soups? Right now there's a, a big batch of uh, roasted butternut squash mm. uh, uh, being made. I make a uh, red lentil uh, for the oh, winter. Nice. It has um, has a little bit of heat to it. It has a bit of uh, Middle Eastern spices. And you really um, try to do everything's organic, right? It is. As much as you can. As much as I can. So to label it organic, I don't think that would be right, right, right. truthful. But um, it comes from the local farms from around here. Organic when possible. The lentils are organic. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that should be uh, your bumper sticker. What? Organic when possible. Organic when possible. I yeah. like that. Yeah. It's noted. It's, it's good. I like that it's, too. Uh, I think honesty is the better way to go than just like say certain yeah. things. Uh, integrity in what I, you know, in how I make my, my food. Um, but again, knowing where your food comes from. And so so, you, so you're, you're, but you can get your food at farmer's markets and now it's going to be a through delivery a, service through Goodale Farms. Like Goodale Farms, right? Um, and and I'm working on uh, hopefully being able to place it at um, you know other little uh, farm stands or markets. Uh, that's the next step. People at the market can take my card, and people can reach out to me directly. Um, if it's like in the Southampton area, we also like try to deliver. Uh, directly, I have a few people who order a certain okay. quantity, you know, for home uh, every week, and I uh, just drop it off, and you know, oh, good. we're good. trying to accommodate. And right now, it's a new business, so yeah, anything, you know, anything we can do. And how how about the stores coming into the? So they're doing well um, now. What people don't realize is that the weekend uh, following Thanksgiving is one of the busiest weekends of the entire year. In fact, sometimes it's actually busier than July 4th weekend as far as business goes. Well, Black Friday is. Black Friday. I mean, it's not even Black, Black Friday in Southampton and, and in East Hampton. Busy. Everyone's mm. in town. It's a, The weather's perfect. The environment's perfect. Everyone's here to shop. And it's a great opportunity for our business to obviously showcase our new fall and winter product. But anything left from the summer, we, we need to get rid of it. So um, that's when we really have our big sales of the <laughs> and year. And how do you kind of like walk that, sorry, walk that, that line between being a shop owner and being a mayor? Right? Do you know what I mean? I guess everybody has another job. That, uh, that line, I, I don't know if that, that does not exist because <laughs> sometimes people come to shop, sometimes people come looking for me. Um, I joke that sometimes my store has become Tammany Hall, um, <laughs> but the reality is whatever Not people a good want, reference right, point. No, right, yeah, no. <laughs> Actually, Boss Tweed, not the mayor you want to be. If you look at Tammany Hall, though, and yeah. you're right, I joke about that, yeah, yeah. but actually if you look at the initial founding of Tammany Hall, it was actually... Uh, you know, you can we can have that for another show. Yeah. But uh, as far as the uh, intentions of it, it was really a, a place where uh, working people would go uh, to discuss, That's and true. it was really a gathering point. Uh, it was only later on uh, right, in right. its uh, career uh, that it became known for uh, you know Boss Tweed and, yeah. and kind of what you know. But the initial founding of Tammany Hall was actually a good place. Who does your curation of of your store? Like, do you do that? Do you are you the lines, the products, everything? Are, it, do you spend a lot of time in that? I do. When I first started the business, I did all the buying for men's and women's and, and apothecary and accessories. But we were very fortunate to have a great team, and that's 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 critical, not just in the village, but also in business. 
we have to have a great team. We have to empower our people. We have to uh, have them know, and it comes from me all the time, that they're doing a great job, which they are. Um, so we rely on great people. So we have a great buyer uh, that has been on the team for over three years. Um, I used to go to uh, to Paris and to Milan to source products, but yeah. uh, she goes now. In fact, um, we oh, had... Oh, poor her. Nope, That's so great. sad. Going to Paris. That's great. Um, Good well, for okay, her. I realize you're being sarcastic <laughs> there. But Election Day uh, 2019 yeah. was right during uh, Men's uh, Fashion Week in Paris. Yeah. And so I couldn't go, uh, and I'm sitting there counting the absentee ballots, and our buyer <laughs> is sitting there on the uh, uh, the runway shows. But that's one of the sacrifices that, that I knew I'd have to make to take this job. Yeah. And it's no problem because yeah, we have course. great people to go kind of to these shows. And, of course, you're very accessible, and, and uh, you know, and people are, are really enjoying your, your mayoral ship. If that's a real word, and uh, and Aki, it's been just amazing to get to know you better. You're such a Thank kind you. person. I had no money at a farmers market last Stop week, and it's it. not that I'm broke. I'm not broke, but I had no money with me that day, and she gave me a soup, which Why is not? so sweet. Why not? And uh, she said, "Here, take it." And I just thought, "Well, I got to have you on the radio." <laughs> uh, and and, uh, and Jesse, it's been great to meet you and get to know you better over the last couple of days. I've now run into you or seen you on purpose three times, and uh, I'm sure we'll have a lot more to talk about. Thank you. I also try as hard as possible to post everything I do on social media oh, yeah. using my Instagram stories. And I also take messages. So if anyone has any questions, they could just DM me at Mayor Warren on Instagram and I'll get back to you quickly. And anything I do, I usually take uh, videos and photos. So if anyone wants to tune in to see what's going on in Southampton, you could always go there at, at Mayor Warren and I'll get right back to you also. And people can find you West Hampton on Saturdays at the on Farmer's Market. Saturdays, And yes. then Saturdays in Riverhead in the Farmer's uh, starting Market. Starting November 30th and, and also through my Instagram page, uh, which is, which uh, is Aki, Aki Goldberg. A-K-I. G-O-L-D-B-E-R-G. People know how to spell Goldberg. I guess like a bagel, right? Out here. <laughs> yes, and if you want to uh, find out more about this show, we have a Facebook fa- page, Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy and Alex Oclo. And you can always find out what shows we have coming up. Anything else you want to bring us out with, Sock? Uh, what are you, you thinking know, about? Think, what am I thinking about? I'm thinking about, uh, I'm very medicated. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm, 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 you should I'm, try soup next time. Yeah, I know, you know what? I was chicken bre- soup. I was chicken soup. soup. It's Diane. With chicken coming. soup with, with everything but chicken, it sounds it's, like. It's, yeah, everything but chicken is still called chicken soup. I don't Diane, know why. please get some chicken soup for your boy. Yeah, uh, no, you know what? I, I, I think uh, everybody, uh, you know, Go into the village of, of Southampton, walk around, shop, enjoy, it's you know, more, uh, you know, like the, the beautiful time of year and, uh, you know, be part of the community. That's what I would say. It's like that's we're all part of a community out here. And uh, if you show up uh, and, and just engage, uh, we're all better for it. So that's what I have to say, Bridget. Well, it's been another great show. I always love seeing you, Sock. You're one of my best friends. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> All these years. All these years later. And um, uh, that's that's it for this week. Uh, thanks for listening. Sunday's on the East End with Mayor Jesse Warren, Aki Goldberg, Ter Williger. I'm Bridget Leroy. Alex Sockle. Everybody be well and stay well. <laughs>